Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Then you've come to the right place. You're listening to the My Accountant Handles That podcast, presented by The Quantify Group, the podcast that covers all aspects of running the financial side of your business. And now, your hosts, longtime CPAs, Dave Ashworth and Alex Steinberg. Welcome to the My Accountant Handles That podcast. I'm your co-host today. Dave Ashworth, I'm here with my other co-host and business partner, Alex Steinberg. Alex, what's up, man? How you doing? It's been a little couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, it has been. What's new, man? What's new in your world? What's happening? Anything going on? Um, not much different. Just waiting for baby number two. Yep. It's a waiting game, man. Yep. You just never know when it's coming. And then all of a sudden, it's boom. I know the drop dead date where we can't go. That's past. true. There's, there's always that date, but <laughs> that's, the only thing I do. that's true. So it will be before that. So yeah, that's cool though, man. That is a, a wild experience that uh, I know we've both been through once now and I'm sure you're pretty pumped to go through it again. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Everything with the sleep part, but hopefully. Yeah, not that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I uh, wanted to have um, a lot of, you know, some of our topics we talk about are kind of just like professional development stuff. And, and sometimes we, we do dive into some accounting stuff and we're going to, we're going to do that today. Uh, a topic that uh, I feel is many times overlooked, I think is the right word that it's important as a really a foundational piece of an accounting infrastructure of a business. And, and that is uh, the chart of accounts. Uh, you know, when you're talking about keeping records, bookkeeping, it really does start with having a good chart of accounts and making sure things are uh, in a good order and organized well. And man, I know that we've been doing this for a while. And it, when you get a chart of accounts, it's just a disaster, or a mess. Like how complicated does it make that job? Oh, it's, ter- it's insane. It's, yeah. doesn't, I mean, from an accounting perspective, it just makes it extremely difficult. If you're not looking at anything and just once a year annually, clean it up, fine. I mean, that's, that's your prerogative, but it's, it, when you chart accounts are a mess, you know, the whole rest of the accounting and every organization is a mess, just to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You have loans in the asset section and checking accounts <laughs> and the current liabilities and it's just like this is this is not good yeah, seen some good. wacky wacky things over, yeah. over 16 years now <laughs> um well let me first start with uh i guess a, a definition of chart of accounts like an official definition uh and then we'll kind of dive into some of the aspects of a chart of accounts and then talk about why it's important to really have it organized and under control so Official definition, I'm going to read it. Chart of accounts is an index of all the financial accounts in the general ledger of a company. In short, it is an organizational tool that provides a digestible breakdown of all the financial transactions that a company conducted during a specific accounting accounting period broken down into subcategories. I think that's a pretty good definition, obviously. Um, and and, and at the end of the day, it really is an organizational tool. It's a way to, to, when you look at it, your financials, they're broken down a particular way that you can digest it and you can see what's going on. And if you look from company to company, they 
obviously every company has their own complexities, but for the most part, they should be pretty consistent following a, you know, the same structure. And so let's first talk about, and, and these, this part of the discussion, we could probably go pretty deep into each one of these, but uh, basically there's, there's five main sections of your, of your chart of accounts. Three are on the balance sheet and two are on the income statement. And so let's just talk about those briefly define them. If there's anything, Alex, that you want to add as we're going through, let me know. Uh, and then I think the bulk of our discussion will be around why is it important to have just a good chart of accounts. So I'd say the, I'd say the income statement is actually three. Okay. What's, yeah, revenue, what are the three then? Revenues, cost of goods sold and other. Okay. You, yep. You could. You, sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so the first three are on the balance sheet. I said it's assets, liabilities, and equity. So I just want to go through and quickly talk about what those are. Um, and the reason is as you're looking at your own chart of accounts and the things that you're doing, you know, you should have them kind of categorized into these buckets and in this order. So first one is an asset. And the basic definition is an asset that, uh, anything the business controls and has financial or economic value. Uh, typical assets that you'll see are cash, accounts receivable, equipment, inventory, stuff like that. Those are typical ones. Obviously, there's a lot of other ones, um, but those are the typical ones. One thing that is important to uh, understand is that uh, full ownership of the assets um, doesn't necessarily matter. So if you buy like a new piece of machinery and you finance it, right? You know, you have that asset, but you don't technically own the asset. You're still going to put it on your books as an asset. Uh, so that's something just to keep in mind. Like just because you don't own it fully doesn't mean you don't put it on your, um, your balance sheet as an asset, uh, even though it's not technically yours. So that's kind of the asset section. Anything you want to add uh, there? I mean, there might not be much on these sections, but I just want to see if you want to add anything. No, just when you actually set up your chart of accounts and your accounting system, but a lot the general way to think of it is that you want to order them in i guess in the um based on the level of liquidity right so usually cash goes first is the most liquid asset you have you have like ar next and you have let's say prepaid expenses you know and then you have like um pp and property plant equipment yep. you know, investments those are all not as liquid as cash or ar obviously so you want to think of it that way just order of liquidity is the best yep. way Yep. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, liabilities. It's the next section that it's the same way. You're kind of doing more like the shortest term ones, and then you go into more of the longer term ones. Um, but let's just quickly define what liabilities are. they are debts that you owe uh, to others or future obligations. The common ones are accounts payable, mortgages, uh, and business loans. Uh, they may also include amounts received in advance for future services rendered. So let, let's say an example, this is one that can, can throw people off sometimes. If, if you receive money for a project that you're going to do in the future, and maybe you're going to start in a couple months, you know, if you receive that money, technically that's not your money yet. You can perform the service. That is actually a liability. That's one that a lot of people miss. Um, they might record that differently, but that, that should be a liability. Uh, anything else for liabilities that you want to touch on? Like you said before, you kind of start with your current ones, ones that are due within a year, 
-hmm. And then your other ones are ones that are due greater than a year, more of the long-term liabilities. Anything else you want to touch on with liabilities? A whole lot. I mean, you would just say anything like if the most current ones, you'd order those first, like you said. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like AP is probably the most current, mostly credit cards. Yep. If you have any accrued expenses and like you said, deferred revenue, well, yeah, it didn't define it, but it's deferred revenues more or less is what you're saying, or customer deposits. And your loans would be last because they're or long-term loans, I would say. Would yep. Be last. yep. And then the last section on the balance sheet is the equity section. Um, and equity, a, a basic definition is is how much of the business you own. If you sold all the assets and you paid all your debts, your equity is essentially what would be left. However, this is not necessarily uh, like the value of your business. Um, This is just what's left if you sold all your assets and paid all your debts. A lot of times the value of the business is based on a multiple sales or EBITDA or cash flow or something else. So you can't really look at the equity section and say, okay, there's a million dollars in equity. That's what my business is worth. That's not necessarily true, um, but it is what, you know, kind of what, if you, like I said, sold your assets, paid off your debts, that is what should be left given the basic accounting, basic balance sheet formula. So anything else you want to touch on the equity that's, section? That's, that's a good point. The current U.S. gap does not allow you, in general, does not allow you to value items at fair market value. I mean, if you're not doing gap and you're doing your own internal financials and you want to do that, sure, go ahead. But that's not like a publicly a public publicly traded entity would not record a fair market value. It's all historical cost. So like right. Dave was saying. So can you explain that a little bit more, like fair market value versus historical cost? Like and what an example of that would be just as someone yeah. that's listening. Yeah, historical cost is just something you'd you purchase something for, say last year, you bought it for ten thousand um, dollars. say it's an, an asset that appreciates like a um Maybe it's like a, let's see what you can think of. Like, uh, just use a piece of equipment. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Say it's a, a piece of equipment that will actually increase in value over time. Or because it could decrease in value also. Um, that's probably not a great example, actually. That's depreciation. Let's yeah. say it's an investment. Let's do that. <laughs> let's Sorry, do that. An say investment. You invest in something, $10,000. Um, it's, it's not a, a piece of equipment. Let's just, just say that. <laughs> So the value, if you went to, if you went out in the open market, you sell for twenty thousand dollars next year. That's the fair market value, like an arm's length transaction. They would call it in, in the accounting yeah. world. It could be worth two thousand dollars next year. That's a, a loss, but you're not going to book that either. Um, that's that's the general concept of that. You would always keep the, on the balance sheet the value of ten thousand dollars in general. Right. Right. Yep. No, that's a good point. I, I think some people get confused on that. They're like, well, I, I bought this for this, but now it's worth this. Why isn't it changing? It's well, you know, it, it's, it, it's kept a historical value on the balance sheet. Um, and and can, that's why you could also look at like just a, a, the stock market. You have a company. It's, it's, I don't know. Let's pick one. Um, Apple, Apple. That, no, that's too, that's I was gonna yeah, use a, big, a little bit different example. Like, I don't know. I haven't looked at their financials. Ever. That's fine. Let's say Tesla. Sure. They've probably lost millions, maybe billions of dollars since they opened up the company probably because they're investing in the company. I'm, I have a feeling the retained earnings section or equity section is probably negative. Well, look at their market cap on the stock market. You know, yeah, right. that's what it could be sold for technically. Maybe not the exact number. That's what's on the stock market. But right. it's not worth negative. 
I mean, that's an extreme example, but that's just kind of what an example of it, it's a little confusing to people who don't do accounting. Right. Now, yeah. the caveat is internationally, there's the IFRS, International Financial Reporting Standards. I believe, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I think they allow you to book it at fair market value. So you're actually more relevant at that point in time. Right. Right. Man, I haven't heard IFR since I took the CPA exam. Guys, dig it. <laughs> Guys, really digging in. Jeez. I just remember that one thing was on there. I'm like, that's yeah. a huge difference because it, it really can make difference. their value look better than the historical cost. If they, sure. It's appreciating. For yeah. sure. For sure. That's um, awesome. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, the, you know, just understanding what your equity section is saying um, is important because it, it, it can be misleading if you don't you don't fully understand. So, yeah, that was good. It this way for small businesses who are not doing this, just say you're an operating business, a restaurant, yeah. something like that. Basically, your equity is the money you've earned over time, less the amount you've taken out, plus the amount you put into the company to yeah. fund. That's pretty much what it is in general. Yeah, that's good. No, that's, that's helpful. That's definitely yeah. helpful. Um, so those are the three balance sheet ones on your chart of accounts. And, and your chart of accounts includes every account, balance sheet income statement, but it'll start with your balance sheet accounts kind of in that order, assets, liabilities, equity. The next one is, is moving on to the income statement, which the first one is revenue. So I think most people have a pretty good idea what revenue is. That's what everybody cares about most, most of the time. Um, and it's most basic form revenue. You know, you could also call it sales. Uh, is money coming into the business um, for the most part. Now, there are, of course, certain exceptions, just like anything else. Uh, you know, example would be if your business loans someone money and that person starts to pay it back, that is money coming into the business, but that's not considered revenue. That's just a return of capital. So not every dollar that comes into the business is uh, revenue, you could also, as the owner, put money into the business. You know, Alex and I are owners of a business. If we put money in, that's not revenue for the business. That's just a capital contribution that, that him and I made. So I think this, you know, revenue is pretty simple, um, but you do have to be a little bit careful if money is flowing into the business for other reasons, paying loans or putting money in as the owner. Um, not just categorize that all as revenue because because that would be incorrect. But that's a basic definition of of revenue. Um, the next section, which Alex alluded to, I you know you, I guess you I guess technically it is its own section. It's not technically an expense. It is an expense, but it's like you know you categorize it as own section, which you touched on is cost of goods sold, um, which is basically just the 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 cost you know if you if you buy something like an example a, a client of ours uh, sells a product you know the cost of him to buy that product and then when he sells it the cost is basically the the expense and that's the cost of the goods it's just basically in the name the cost of the goods that you're actually selling it could also it could be the actual cost that you buy something for it could also be for some businesses like our business our our cost could be uh, like payroll. Um, that's a big cost that we incur to uh, send out the goods or the services that we're sending out. So every business, that section can look a little bit different. Uh, but in general, that's kind of the definition. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add to cost of goods sold. 
I mean, I just think of it as direct costs associated with the revenues. Yeah. If you weren't selling a product, this cost would never be there. Overhead might be there because of building yeah. up a company. Right. Rent, get the new office space. That's right. all there to some extent, I guess. Right. Uh, but if you don't sell, if you haven't started selling products, you're not going to incur direct costs. Right. And that's how I think of it. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then the last section, which I, I think people are pretty familiar with as well, is just expenses. And these are things that are just being being paid out of the business. Obviously, there's exceptions for this as well. Um, you know, as the example above that I gave for revenue on the flip side, it's the same thing. So uh, if you're paying back a loan there, you know, there might be a piece of that that's an expense, but just paying back the principal of a loan is not an expense. Or if you're just, you know, distributing money as a partner, that's not necessarily considered an expense. Um, but anything you want to add to expenses, I think those are pretty straightforward. It's just money going out. Yeah, I think a lot of times what we would do in our financial statements, we prepare for clients in the expense category. We try to break it down between some major categories. I like to always separate out. And it's probably because of Shark Tank. I do like <laughs> customer or client acquisition costs. I think it's very important to see how much you spend to actually acquire customers. But you can use that to, um, you know, just do your analysis on what you're, you know, per customer. It's just, you might spend too much, too little compared to industry standards. Um, what else do we do? General administrative is always part of it. Yeah. Use, like um, payroll costs that they're not over, that are not direct costs. Yeah. You know, things like that. We like to break them down into sections. I don't, you don't want to go overly nuts with that, but it's good to have specific categories. Like computer and IT costs could be one if, you, if you're heavily into that. Just see how much you totally are spending, not just lumping them into one number and, or office expense or something like that. It's good to have your key, I would say key P&L items grouped and you can kind of do analysis based off that. And it's, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, so that's typically, as you're going through your chart of accounts and kind of putting it together, that's typically kind of the order that we flow with. And, and that's just pretty standard for any business. You know, assets, liabilities, equity, revenue, cost of goods sold, expenses. That's kind of the flow of things. And the reason for that is as you as you take like an overview of your financials, right? You look at your balance sheet, you look at your P&L, you know, you want to get a clear picture of the health of your organization. And the best way to do this is to have a chart of accounts that's organized, but also uh, organized specifically for your business. You know, every business is a little bit different how they organize it, and it's important to design it for your business. You know, if there's no rhyme or reason how you're putting this together, then you're going to look at it and you're just, you're not going to be able to extract anything from it. Cause it's just going to be a jumbled, a jumbled mess. Um, and I'll let you touch on this point, Alex next, but one way, you know, once you kind of get things in order, a way to make it even uh, more clean is to then assign numbers to each of the accounts. Uh, so typically like assets have their own set of numbers. I'll let you kind of touch on this too, liabilities and so on and so forth there's reasons to do this and I'll touch on some of them, but maybe you want to just start and talk about just putting numbers on accounts, maybe, you know, why we would do that kind of how we would do that and what that looks like a little bit. Yeah. I think the main basic concept that's pretty general accepted is the assets are number one before them, liabilities two, equity three, um, revenues four, cost of goods sold five, 
expenses six and other items like other income or other expenses you do like seven or eight obviously you get more or less but um it just helps group them better and it's kind of like it's like almost like a um a secondary language for accountants and mm-hmm. other financial uh, consultants you might bring on cfo or controller just you just kind of it helps organize things and keep items groups so you can do better analysis i think and you could probably add something to that too yeah and i think in addition to that so like an example would be um you know maybe the account number is a thousand you know you could you can add to that number to classify it more so maybe it's a thousand dot something right maybe the next one is just a subcategory of something or maybe it's a different location right so maybe oh dot oh one is accounts related to a a Philadelphia location and and anything that's the account number dot oh two is a New York location and then that's a way that you can do analysis in in the future uh, based on those and you could do dot oh one dot you know, one zero and you could do, you can create it however you want. It just gives you a lot of flexibility if you need to build things out and build out uh, different analysis and different reports in the future using the chart of accounts and specifically numbering. Um, it's just a really good way to do that. Another thing that uh, n- the numbering and having a good organization can do is uh, it makes referencing things much easier. So when you're referencing like a specific account, instead of having to write out the name of account every time, you can just use that number. And then it's very easy to say, okay, they're, they're looking at this account number. You can follow right down the numbers, find the account, know exactly what, what you're talking about. So referencing is a big thing with, uh, with chart of accounts. And it just, just makes things more organized, make th- makes things more efficient as you're, you know, doing analysis, looking at your financials, working with your accountant, it just makes things so much easier as you're kind of going, going through different things, reporting and analysis. So um, anything else as far as chart of accounts, organization, numbering, anything else that you, you feel like is important as people are developing their own or maybe reorganizing or reworking it, anything people should be looking out for or be doing? It's what we say to a lot of different companies, and we've said this before, is you want to set up your accounting system as if you're going to sell the company, hmm. right? Um, yeah. and part of, and not, I shouldn't say the only reason, but one of the reasons you would do that, because if you, yeah, if you might be a long time away, but if you don't set up the right way to fix it, it's going to be very costly in the end. Um, if you set up the right way and think about like what a third party is going to look at, the more organized and balanced you look like, as a, in your accounting and finances, I mean, it's only going to help you. Um, I mean, if you're selling a tech product, it may not matter if you're just buying the technology, but if you're like an operating company and they can't, and a buyer would just come in and look at it, but you can't even make analysis of it, would they still do the transaction? Maybe they also might back out because of it. You don't have a good accounting record. So one of those things where to set up the right way, the first time is always the best, best practice. Yeah. Yeah. And just one final point, this is uh, pretty detailed, but um, you know, as you're, maybe you have a chart of accounts and you don't have any numbering and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, maybe I, maybe I should number some stuff, Um, you know, figure out how many accounts you have, first of all, Um, you know, you, there's no specific way to do it. You know, you could name your 
uh, accounts like 100, 200, 300. You can name them uh, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, and you can name them you know, 10,000, whatever. It just depends on how many accounts you have. Uh, but as you're doing it, give space with the numbers so that if you add future accounts, you, you're not like kind of boxing yourself in. So what I mean by that is like, if you make your cash account uh, like 1,001, don't make your AR account 1,002. Like leave some space, like make it 1,050 set if you add future bank accounts or you have other accounts in between, you have numbers that you can add in uh, and expand your account. So just leave space. Um, I know that probably sounds pretty elementary, um, but I, it can get pretty frustrating trying to rework a chart of accounts when there's like not enough space in between accounts and then you're putting stuff where it shouldn't be. And then it's like, all right, let's just scrap the whole thing and redo it all. Um, so just leave yourself some space. That's, that's the only thing I can recommend as you're kind of going through it. Yeah, a good way to think of it, you do cash. I always try to do a thousand, so it gives you a lot of space. Cash should yep. be a thousand. AR is 1100, mm -hmm. A 1200, fixed assets, whatever you want. You know, you take down the line until you get to yep. like your assets that are like, on like Goodwill, say you bought a company, 1900, yep. Yep. 2000. You know, and then you go like you're down to long-term liabilities are like 2,800, 2,700. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Dave's trying to mention. Just give yourself some space. And that's a yep. good way to do. Yep. Yeah. Like the first one you said was cash is a thousand. Yeah. AR is 1100. That gives you 99 other potential cash accounts that you can add in. Um, but if you made your cash account a thousand, you made AR 1001 and you had a bank account, not, you don't have any space to put it in. You'd have to then put a below AR or change AR and then push it up and it just becomes a, a mess. So I think that numbering is, is the way to go. So um, I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. I, I know this one is pretty detailed, but every single business has a chart of accounts. Now, some are not organized at all. Some might have three things and some might have three, you know, 3,000 things, but everyone has a chart of accounts. And it really is the foundation for your entire accounting infrastructure. Like having a good chart of accounts, well-named, well-numbered, well-organized will kind of drive everything else. Because if that's messed up, your accounting is going to be messed up. Your analysis is going to be messed up. You're not going to be making as good decisions. And uh, so this is really the foundation. And this is why we wanted to talk about this today. So any final points before we wrap up here? I mean, you said it pretty good about yourself. Sweet. Okay. Um, so my question to you out there listening today is how does your chart of accounts look? Uh, have you looked at it in a while? Is it something that you need to adjust? Um, if you ever have questions, we are more than happy to help uh, walk you through that process or answer questions. There is kind of some standard numbering systems. If you go on Google and look those up, like Alex was kind of alluding to him as he started to walk through a little bit. Um, but there is some standards that, that a lot of people use that, that seem to work pretty well. So, you know, look those up if you're not sure where to start. But hopefully this one was helpful and you can kind of set your accounting foundation, you know, on the right path. If you have questions, like I said, we're more than happy to help. We appreciate you guys following along. Uh, we continue to post new videos, uh, articles, and podcasts every single week on LinkedIn and Facebook. So please check those out and we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to the My Accountant Handles That podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on LinkedIn at The Quantify Group for more awesome content related to running the financial side 
of your business. We'll talk to you in the next one.